Hey, Abby Perverts. It's your favorite guys back here, Adam and Adam. How did we become people's do- favorites? <laughs> what did we do? We've always been, uh, <laughs> we've always been the favorites. It's your two favorite they- depressed Adams from online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we have a giant fire in North Carolina and it's been raining nonstop so it's been kind of gloomy so yeah the air quality so is supposedly I, I, bad I, I, here I don't know yeah I don't I don't think comparatively I'm as worried about it compared to what other people are dealing with but yeah yeah you know it's you you breathe less air generally like that's that's something people know about you me like a low, yeah, low air consumer. So, I'm, like, so you're saying I'm not a mouth breather? <laughs> the opposite of a mouth <laughs> breather? That's not an, even an insult. I mean, like my lungs are efficient. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, it's been a productive week, though, until it started raining. And what's kind of nice is the project that I've kind of finally kicked off is in my shed so I can work in the rain on it, which is not... Yeah. Usually something with my car project that is the case. Like usually I get set back by them when it rains. Yeah. Uh I'm but, still I'm still but, getting I, uh tracking tracking flights out to your to your area even though it's just not not feasible in any way. <laughs> to help drive, with to help man. with the engine. Drive? Sure. That yeah, probably cost drive. even more than a than a sub $300 yeah. round trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say it's definitely, I mean, cause, especially cause you know, our cars have to, you gotta put that 93. You can't use that 87 regular. I mean, it, nobody uh, even fucking has 91. They say 91 plus, but that doesn't even fucking exist. It's just, I mean, it does, but most places are oh, just yeah. like, you, you, you can't, you get that regular 87. Yeah. You know, we all know how that is. It's regular 87 summer. Yeah. Uh, Biden came out. <laughs> Biden came out. He dumped his cans. He said it's regular '87 summer. He threw back three white claws and uh, immediately, no, no. immediately turned traction control off and wrecked his charger. No, I am like uh, I am like Mike Jones. My gasoline is always supreme, and and by supreme I mean premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. Oh, okay. Do you guys not get 93 there? Do you guys not get 93? No, we do. You, the, the problem oh. is usually it's like they don't have like 91. It's like you have to go you have to go straight to 93. Um which yeah, is just yeah. like we which only, is like, you know what I mean? I, I mostly yeah. just don't want my shit to knock. I don't fucking need 93. Yeah. I actually only run 109. Uh I drive all the way up to the IR to buy race fuel. Oh, sick. Drive back and then I but then I have to drive back again because it's pretty much a full tank. I so still think one of my favorite guys is the uh, the guy we found. Oh. It was the the was it a Miata guy? No, I I can't remember. I want to say he was just in the general car meets group, which yeah. is full of absolute in, insane people. Yes, um, but this guy. So the story is, so I I found this guy who listed an item for sale in this in one of the car groups I'm in and. <laughs> He was running an E85 tune, which, if you don't know, is like the corn, it's generally corn ethanol, um, but there's like advantages to running it in uh, in, a, in a performance car, mainly that uh, it burns cooler, so like it keeps the temps down, which increases air, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so a lot of people run it to make their cars faster. Um, and so this guy was living out in 
the excerpts, I, I guess you could call it, of like this of either Charlotte or Durham or Raleigh or whatever. And he had bought a gigantic plastic uh, like receptacle. Yeah, uh, I think it was 250, 250 gallons. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. And and he was selling it because he had a tat. He had attached it to a trailer, like a flatbed trailer, or like yeah, like some kind of trailer, because he was going to fill it with E eighty five from the gas station, and then drive it back to his house <laughs> so he could have E eighty five all the time. And he's got he that. Sh- he's got that shit on draft. <laughs> He was On selling time. it because he was shocked to learn that the that the highway administration not fond of that. You have to get hazmat certification I mean, to drive honestly flammable liquids. More more and more I'm understanding sovereign citizens and why they've made the choice to opt out. Oh, opt what's out. so funny about this guy is the tone of the post. I have never been able to find it again. It was so funny though. Um, the tone of the post was like, yeah, this guy was like, I can't believe like this fucking government is like <laughs> stepping in. I wasted all this money. And I like, can't, I can't up. explode the fucking highway and then dump uh, hundreds of gallons of fuel I mean, into into a river. <laughs> I can't remember if the container it was. He had said something about it being bought from Harbor Freight. It probably is. It probably isn't rated for like what he wanted. Yeah. To I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it was probably just going to melt. Like, because like, trans- you know, like-, like transfer tanks that people have, like if you're a, a farmer and you have a transfer tank, that's like, it's not made of plastic. Yeah. So I think <laughs> it was, I will give him credit. I think it was something like that. But the, yeah, the post gave the impression that he had tried it one time and got like stopped by the police, obviously, <laughs> because they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And so he was, like, selling it. He's like, I don't know who can use this, but, like, you know, it's just, like, unfair. I have to sell it. And then it, like, turned out, like, the, like everyone was like, why would you even do this, man? And he's like, oh, well, the gas, only gas station that sells E85 is, like, 10 minutes from my house. And it's oh like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fucking gas station. Like, I want you, like, what? Like, what were you saving in this situation? But it was. It has to be the funniest to, thing I, I mean, think I've ever seen. The, like someone attempts the uh, in one of those groups. But you have to understand the economics he's working from. the The cost of manufacturing that that trailer means that he's saving that money in Slim Jims and and Monster Energy drinks. Every time he goes, he needs a Slim Jim and a Monster Energy drink. That's about ten bucks nowadays in Biden's America. Yeah. he's saving ten bucks every trip. I wish I could remember what car he drove. I I thought it was a Miata, but I don't know. I don't think it is. I, I, I I'm conf- I I'm I also conflating it. Miata group. I'm also conflating it with the guy that had the um, had the Cobalt, where he had to like he had to like go to places where he could blend the pumps, and he would try to get like a fifty fifty oh. blend. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was the other guy. I think that's the same group. See, that, that's why I was saying I think this guy was a like a focus or fiesta st guy because yeah because e85 isn't as popular in miata builds, no and no. it's very and it's very popular with those guys so yeah. that's kind of why i thought it was him but yes there was another guy in there that was like talking about how he was like he so to do to run that sometimes you have to put uh you put a different you put a sensor in basically so it can so that the 
engine computer can decide, oh, we have E85 or we don't, and it can adjust. And that's because E85, as we've learned from our friends, is not readily available necessarily unless you live in the Midwest. And so this guy hadn't really done that and just kind of like put a tune on for like if it was running half and half E85. So he would have to go to a gas station that had the E85 and combine it with regular gas. <laughs> Instead of like pay, I don't know, it was like the, the sensor and all that stuff, I think it's like $200. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? I mean, I, I think that it's, so I think one of the most fascinating things, like I understand where it comes from and there's like the, there's a thing in, um, Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance, right? Where he's like, he's, he's going insane because his, his buddy that he rides motorcycles with like refuses to fix his leaky faucet or things like that. Right. But like, there's mm-hmm. such a funny thing where people just like justify these in, insane things that they have to do. These, these chores that just are like ridiculously Sisyphean to continue doing. And they're just like, no, no, this is good. And it's, and it's fine. You just have to, you just have to deal with this every single, every single week. You just have to do this fucking horrible, stupid thing. Um, the funniest part is, yeah, is that they could just, they could just wait like a month and they could have just done it the right way. You know what I mean? Like that's like the funny part, uh, about it is, is that like a lot, like I get, like you're saying, I get the impulse to be like, okay, well, I want to do this thing and it might, it, and doing it like the foolproof bulletproof way is a little out of my budget. So, but there are, so there are all, you know, there's always ways to, to cut corners <laughs> and you know, some, some of those decisions are less impactful than others. But yeah, like you're saying, yeah, it, it is funny watching some of these car guys. They're almost always younger guys because you know, yeah. they just don't have, as much money and they, they want, they, you know, they want something exciting and, and I support, have, and I support all, this. I they su- also are the, yeah, they're the kind of people that like are willing, like, you know, at this point in my life, I'm not going to put up with mix with no. like mixing my gas and no. trailering gas to my house. No. <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I, you know, it, but it is just, it is just <laughs> a constant source of humor to kind of see like, these situations that these guys have like painted it themselves into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was watching, um, like John with John and I were talking again about like, uh, putting, putting motorcycle engines in like small old Hondas, you know? And like the, one of the videos mm-hmm. of this guy that he sent me was like the first, when he first did it, like he didn't have reverse, you know, have reverse gear and like a CBR 1000. And he was just like, yeah. And I thought it would just be like, okay, well, you know, I just go to the store and then I'll just like push it backwards when I need to do that. And then he's just like, but then I would go to the store and everybody would be fucking honking at me and hate me. And it was just like, well, I probably need to do I probably need to like, solve this problem because it's like one of the expectations of a car is that it can go both directions. Um, which yeah, my answer yeah. would just be then get a fucking Honda Goldwing engine. Nice 1800, 1.8, if you don't know how that works. 1.8 Honda Goldwing. It's got reverse. Yeah, it, that is another thing you'll see a lot too. Is like when guys are selling the cars and they clearly have been driving them regularly, and they'll be like, "Yeah, like can't really get it into reverse. Uh, third, <laughs> totally gone." And it's like, 
dude, like, <laughs> that, like that's an undrivable car. Like, like, and you'll see where it gets sad. There, so there, this is all funny stuff because you know, whatever. Like these guys are obviously continuing to live their lives more or less uninterrupted by it. Where it gets really sad, I think, is when you'll see people like there's a guy who mods one of the CRX groups on Facebook, and he's always posting about the car being broken. It's his daily driver. He has a kid. He needs to get to work. He's been missing work or having to take Ubers and all this stuff. And it's like when it it's sad when it's like, okay, man, like you can't realize that like you have turned your life into a hobby and like there's a certain line you have to draw. Like yeah. maybe it's time to just buy a Mazda three so you can take your kid and to soccer practice and provide for them and come back to owning the nearly 40 year old car later. Yeah. yeah. You know, it will be there. Like I get it. It's, you know, it's, it, it sucks. Like I, I totally, Oh yeah. I totally feel for you there. But that's when it gets sad is when like, you'll see, you'll like dig in a little bit to these people you're seeing with these issues and you're like, oh, like this is legitimately impacting your life, dude. Like you have become <laughs> controlled yeah. by the car, or you have been controlled. I feel like it happens a lot. Like you know, you see the Funko Pop posts and shit like that. You know, where it's like oh, the, the um, guy signing contracts. The, oh my god, the Funko the Funko people. Pop contract is is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet in my entire life. Um, including, the, including the fact that he had he had um, he had a clause written in that he could buy them if they were limited editions, um, and he could also oh, yeah. it also if he bought them for friends as a gift, it didn't count against his two hundred dollar monthly budget. There's <laughs> a shell corp using your friends as a shell corporation, <laughs> but no, the one you know one that was really sad was I don't know if you saw uh, the posts about um, I think it was uh, Kate. She was posting about um uh she's in this like she's in this uh alienated wives of gamers ch- like Facebook group and it was like the saddest fucking shit I've ever seen, dude. And I you know, when I was on my internship, I like lived with a guy like that. Like I lived with this couple that Airbnb out their one of their rooms because where I was living there was like a lot of traveling nurses. So mm-hmm. and this this motherfucker would play video games like from like as soon as he got home from work to when he went back to work, like I, rare, I like he slept so rarely, and I was just like, dude, like you, like you're letting things control your life. But like I, you know, I I don't see honestly how a lot of that how that's different from, you know, these guys destroying their lives over like wanting to own a vintage Honda, or you know the guys destroying their lives because what you know whatever they're just becoming so obsessed with this thing. And that is, you know, I guess, I guess there's unspoken danger to hobbies is that that they can't, you can't end up like Captain uh, Ahab. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And I mean, in in the, yeah, the, yeah. uh, I listened to uh, Leviathan this week. I've thought about being in the belly of the whale and, and I think that's, I think that's it, right? Like if, if you go hunting for the whale, but end up inside the whale's belly, uh, you're going for a fucking ride, and w- the ride you're going on is uh, the same ride that OceanGate took. You're going down, buddy. You're going down, and and you've only got so much oxygen left. Um, 
And I think that that's yeah. kind of like, that's part of it. And that's kind of like, we were talking before this, like that's, I think that's like the piece is like, like the, the, why is this fucking stupid submarine f- fucked? Well, one, because of malfeasance and <laughs> negligence um, and hubris. You're really trying to shoehorn a little uh, a, a topical conversation. How, this, is how we, this is how we win. Um, but, but, but I mean, but at the end of that, though, it's just like, you know, it's like the first question is like, well, why, doesn't it, why does it not have an umbilical? Why would why would they not have any level of support or blah blah? And obviously, probably you know having two miles of it is is uh, a lot. But like you know, you need to have support systems when you're going into the depths and you're going into places you haven't been. And you know, when you're you, buying when you're buying a CRX. You have to have yeah. people to pull you out of the the depths of insanity that yeah. you want to send to. Or even or even yeah. if you buy or even if you think you have a nice six figure job and you're going to get some bonuses and you buy a 2019 <laughs> Golf R with 10,000 miles, you think it's going to be a great treat, and it is. And you get some wheels for it, so it's comfortable to drive, and some winter tires, and it's a great car, and you love driving it. But then you lose your job, and you're actually incredibly broke, and unemployment doesn't help pay the bills on that and i'm probably gonna have to sell that thing and i love that car but it's like paying for that car doesn't make any fucking sense to me right now it doesn't make any sense it doesn't work and i and i have to get out of it and and you know it's like the alarms are going off and it's just like well one of the ways that i alleviate uh being in a being in a sketchy financial position is just stop having a nice car or a car at all um, and maybe the solve to that is maybe I can finally get a nice bike now <laughs> and I can get like, yeah. get like a, you know, like for like $600, I can get a really nice bike that actually can, uh, you know, handle some bumps in the road, uh, and things like that and get some exercise and I can start biking over to the lake and go swimming. Uh, I want to get to the lake a lot more this year. I don't do that enough. Yeah. Look yeah, at the bikes ducks. Are fun. That was I gotta say, I think bikes were one of my first real adult hobbies. Uh, I I really enjoyed that, and I don't do it nearly as much as I should. It's a little sketchy to ride your bike in North Carolina, at least where in I Chicago. Live in North Carolina. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, in Chicago, it, we're, it's getting better, but unfortunately, the streets only get better as somebody dies on them, and and yeah. it's a horrific thing. And I know that there are so many. Um, cycling fascists. Sorry if you're one of them. There's so many people that want to kill uh, car people, and I think there are too many car people in the city. Uh, but basically, my my take on this, and you can tell me I'm wrong, is that just like it, the fact that cars are allowed in the city means that people are going to do it. Like the ans- the solution yeah. is just to like completely remove them, and that's it's like the how do you get people to like when you know when you're like doing product work it's like how do we get people to adopt the new thing and stop using the old thing it's like you remove the old thing completely that's it you don't like why would you ever ask people to do the behavior you want instead of just forcing them to do it like you can't you can't take your um your escalade into the loop done it's done yeah if you go to the loop you take the bus (laughs) like just fucking just remove it um, but unfortunately yeah. the, the protected bike lanes and stuff only come after people lose their lives. Um, which is a real yeah. bummer. Um, yeah. Well, like what's really common here is the whole, like, uh, you know, they'll say that they built a bike lane, but it's really just, uh, like a hiking trail or like, you know, it's like really popular back home is like the conversion of the old rail line, mm-hmm. you know, into yeah. a, 
So it's they like did. They did that, that right next to the motorcycle shop in, in Peoria Heights. It's like, well, okay, like, but that's not creating transportation options because if anything, you can't ride on those at, at night. There's no lights on. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll. Yeah. Well, it's before even talking about getting robbed, you're you're gonna crash into something. Yeah. Like I've I've ridden them at night uh, back home, and yeah, I there was a tree branch. It was it was after a storm. I was riding home. There's a tree branch like that had come down, and I just brained myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean those anything. those serve a those serve like a, a father of three that works at Caterpillar and in a management position more than they serve anybody that would be able to commute affordably. <laughs> right. They, yeah. Like they make so, it nice. Yeah. They make it nice for people who make decent money to live in your town. Um, and don't yeah, actually people help people who want to take, who want to take a recreational bike ride mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah. And that's not to say they're nice. I run on ours all the time, but, uh, but yeah, like it is, that is kind of why I've fallen out of it here is because it's just such a dangerous nightmare. Yeah. Uh, because you know, there's just so many blind stuff here between the hills and the curves and so yeah it's it's scary and you know like i'm at the point that i don't have to do it so i'm not i mean you know, i do think so. i do think the beauty of of cycling is that um it just it just gets you to invent places to go like it like you know it's like well i want to take a bike ride and you're yeah. like, oh i could go to the park i could go to the lake I could go get uh, I could go get a boba tea or an ice cream or like there's like a treat involved and it's like it's it's purely uh, doing some work for a treat uh, type thing and you can do that yeah, with car you can do very- that with cars too but like cycling yeah. can just like be a Sunday drive more often and without cost and also you you like sneak an exercise in there like like I thought about going yeah. for a run and then I'm just like man I really don't want to like blow my knees up. <laughs> they already kind of are screaming at me this week. It was uh, it was very um, liberating. Like that was the thing that biking gave me because I was like free of the car paradigm. Uh, you know, like I wasn't making very much money, and it, it was like, oh, well, like how do I get places? The bus isn't very good either. And then I got this bike. I'm like, shit! I didn't know bikes could like be this fast and useful. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't. I did not own a car until I was 28. So. I rode my bike ever. I mean, I kind of had the benefit of living in college towns, so I had semblances of public transportation right. that you don't get a lot of hundred hundred thousand population uh, places. But um, you know, bikes are bikes are a shitload of fun. I never got into. I never got to the point that I was like the bike a bike polo guy or you know, yeah, wanted yeah. to be a bike man. Did you end up? One. Did you end up being one of the one of the guys who's on the Facebook groups? Like, I don't, I never, I didn't see you cycling in January, and now I see you in 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 May with your <laughs> with your roll packs on, stealing my culture. And it's just like, dude, your your culture is like an activity that children know how to do. <laughs> it's just fucking riding yeah. a bike, man. Just because you I like, mean, just because you ride it in the winter doesn't earn you anything. I mean, yeah, I was pretty hardcore about the winter riding, but I don't, I never, yeah, I never was in a Facebook group. There, there those weren't really a thing, I guess, when I was really into biking. But, um, yeah, I mean, I used to take a lot of, lot of great joy in, in you know, commuting home and smoking spandex dweebs and stuff in my, on my steel frame, you know, when they're in carbon fiber and have have a lance armstrong helmet and outfit <laughs> it uh yeah no it's a lot of fun I, I definitely recommend it if you haven't 
if you haven't really i mean i feel like that's got to be a hobby everybody's familiar with but yeah uh, it is it is it is fun i could see it you know it, until you until you're back back in the uh back back at the you know at the top of the game you know, the bike is always the the purview of the the yeah. low income king yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see, we'll see what we'll see what comes up. You don't have to get an expensive one, but I, my Cannondale, um, it's an aluminum yeah. like late '80s Cannondale. It's an '89. It's three months younger than me, uh, but the the wheels are super narrow, um, and it gets a little sketchy if it's any level of weather, <laughs> and it's also sketchy like navigating all the potholes in the poorly patched. Uh, blacktop patches that that they love to do on Milwaukee Avenue, so so we'll see. I've been taking a lot of divvies lately. Um, I took one home from the uh, first episode of AEW Collision. I got one home from uh, from the Dead Show at Wrigley. Uh, you know they're not always as cheap as they could be, but it's nice. It's just a nice little thirty minute commute. It's nice to know you're going to be home in thirty minutes. I was against the divvy when they first rolled out, but it is like. Getting home in thirty minutes and not oh, waiting and yeah. not waiting for a guy to show up in a uh, in a like a Corolla to charge you forty dollars is nice. Yeah, it's always it's. I mean, that's always kind of the thing that I never ha- had a bike in the city like that. But it is always you know it's nice for those because if anything, a bike doesn't get stolen. Yeah. So yeah, but but yeah, I uh, I guess you know bike talk. I did uh, I did. Bring it, I could bring it back to car talk. I did pull the engine this, this week, which was kind of cool. Yeah, um, how are we, how are we I looking? Pulled, I uh, I haven't taken it apart yet. Uh, it looks in fine enough condition now. Um, I need to take it apart, and then I need to call a friend to help me plan out uh, how to uh, what to order uh, to replace, and and then how to measure stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have to take all sorts of. Uh, you know, millimeter, millimeter yeah. precision measurements. Do you, have a, now. do you have your your micrometer? What do you got? No, I got to get one of those. Going to Harbor Freight. Uh, I don't know. I've learned my lesson on Harbor Freight precision. Wow. Issue. wow. <laughs> after, the, after the torque wrench. <laughs> estimated <laughs> est- estimated inside diameter. Yeah. Uh, you know, after the the Harbor Freight torque wrench has snapped like three very important bolts. So. Huh. <laughs> Yeah. Getting, I believe the uh, after this, you know, this the first one, you know, that's that's chalk it to the game. The second one, it's like maybe I should have learned. And then the third one, I don't think anybody in the car chat really had much empathy for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're. I I did have one from like um, I don't know. I had a couple things I got from like the Auto Zone that just were like complete pieces of shit, which I was fine with because I just needed to get done the task at hand. Um, yeah. But I got a, I got I mean, a more, a subs- I got a more, subs- yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, they're like, you're and I'm not like, like I'm not like rebuilding. I'm not like putting head heads on things where I need to like torque a bunch of shit regularly. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just like switching my wheels. So I, I just got one that was good for a nice long, um, torque for a wheel. Um, but I did, I did snap that stupid 10 spline tuner spline which really pissed me off. And then I tried to JB weld it and that also did not work. <laughs> that was yep, a fucking JB nightmare. Weld is, that's a, that's fraudulent stuff. I, I know. I and know the fucking I, smell. I don't know how it got such a reputation. Like it sucks. It, yeah. It's, it's just, 
it's liquid duct tape <laughs> if duct tape sucked. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you can yeah. do some dumb shit, but it's mostly like get my dirt bike back out of the woods, not solve yeah. a car problem that's real. But yeah, the uh, yeah taking out the engine, it was exciting. Uh, you know, I've never done it. And obviously the Honda is kind of an easier one to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I have now taken off transmission which is kind of always one of my goals uh because it's always been some i kind of i kind of talk about with some people uh you know one of the the reasons why being into cars is exciting and it kind of goes back to the bike thing even is that uh you know growing up we didn't have very much money and like a lot of car related incidents always were like pretty significant to my family in terms of like that meant the power bill had to get passed on or, you know, the phones had to get turned off for a month or yeah. whatever. And, <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember the alternator going out once on a car and I've changed that now. And it's super easy and it makes me almost embarrassed that I didn't do it myself when I was <laughs> a kid. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, so that was a big one, but, you know, I remember the transmission going out on one of our cars and it's, it, we always had my parents drive stick for the most part um and it, or like the clutch went out and it's like you know so that's always been like one of these things that it's like oh like that's that's a two thousand dollar bill or whatever when it comes and so like i kind of always wanted to do it myself because yeah. then i could you know it's kind of like slaying the dragon of my, my life ruining you know, like a life ruining experience of my past um and so, uh, so yeah, so I took, took off the transmission from the engine when it was out, uh, took off the clutches, took off all the stuff and I haven't put it back on, but I will, uh, I will <laughs> at the end. So, yeah, yeah um, I mean, it's, it, yeah, like there was, um, I always was like fascinated that there, like downtown Peoria, as you come down, like Adam street on your way into downtown Peoria, like the last thing mm-hmm. before you get to like uh, buildings of any height. Uh, I won't call them skyscrapers, but <laughs> you know, real buildings yeah. is, um, there was like a transmission rep- repair shop. And I was always as a kid, just mm-hmm. like how, how are there that many transmissions that need to be repaired that there's like a specialist for it and it's downtown, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's, it's a fucking pain in the ass thing. Uh, yeah, I can never rebuild a transmission. Yeah, I, I, maybe like a clutch I pack is the, a clutch pack is one thing. Yeah, like maybe I could do the Hondas or Sarah's car because those are simpler. But like the Miatas is basically go buy a new one and sell the core to somebody else to go fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, that that I mean, those are obviously incredibly complicated pieces of machinery, which is wild that it's not that like the engine is actually pretty easy to, to rebuild yourself. And yeah. then, but then the, the transmission is like dark magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not so much that it's dark magic. It's just, it requires so much. It's, it's a lot equipment. of moving. It's a lot yeah. of moving pieces. And, uh, like it is fascinating. Like when you actually learn how they work and you see that like, it's, it's switching over and like just engaging different, like when you see how it works on different videos where they, they show the internals, it's like, it's actually like, Oh, this isn't even that complicated at all. Um, but I wouldn't want anything to do with it. I feel like those videos, 
I'm like, I feel like those videos are like when we learned how to like write a CPU and a computer. And then at the end of the class, you know, after 16 weeks of this, they're like, oh, by the way, like no computer, no CPU has worked like this since like 1970. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) they they show you an example of like a motorcycle transmission. Yeah, the theory (laughs) is the theory is kind of the similar, but like, yeah, the way modern CPUs work are like so incredibly complex compared to this, like. Yeah, we were we were kind of lying to you the whole time. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the beauty of the motorcycle swap is that like there's there's already a transmission in the engine. <laughs> just like yeah, you just have you to go. you just have to find something to to put a shaft onto the you know to the output sprocket. But nice. Well, what else yeah. did you get up to? Anything else? Uh, that's kind of the big news. Yeah. Uh, still still running. Uh, which has been good. Um getting the distance up Ringo is still doing went great at it mm-hmm. um so that's exciting bon- poncho um, tore her pad i can't run with poncho she's got a torn pad oh uh, i don't even know if she would want to run like she would probably be like Fuck yeah this. i think the other dog realizes that we have that he, he used to get upset when i leave without him but now i think he realizes that we're running that it's later like, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm fine with that yeah like yeah like he doesn't seem as perturbed by it anymore. Which that's is fine. Like, I don't know if the dogs communicate that. Like Ringo tells him, that's what he's been doing. It's I mean, like, I'm oh, sure he like, looks winded when he comes back, and he's just like, I don't want to go hunting yeah. or whatever you're doing. It's too hot for me here. Yeah, or yeah, he, yeah. He's giving off some pheromone or something. Yeah, you know? I think so. Like he's been at, yeah, he's been real active. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, no. Uh. Yeah, not too much. Not too much on the hobby front, other than the the engine. The engine was something that I kind of was preparing for for a while, and I just had to like get a bunch of people to come over because you know I had no idea what I was fucking doing. So, um, so a friend of mine from Pride the Dragon came out with his hoist. Uh, we started getting it off. Another friend came over, and we we got it all off and pulled it out in about. It only took us about three and a half hours, so pretty cool. Um, nice. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's kind of the the plan for the next few weeks is, is take it apart and figure out what to do with it and, and put it back together and put it in again. And then, and then, uh, once I get the, uh, floor welded, it should hopefully be ready to, to go for its intended purpose. Nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did sign up, uh, the, uh, rally cross people are having a free one in July. So I just signed up for that. Probably, I signed up with the Miata. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to drive that or the GR. Or you know, I, I doubt the Honda will be ready in mm-hmm. five weeks of this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, uh, yeah. so hopefully, you know, kind of get involved in that and uh, set myself up to do a full season next year. Nice, um, that will be good. So, you know, and then, yeah, compete for that. Are you going to get back? Trophy. Are you going to get back in the sim and start training? I probably should. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on it. I, I uh, drove the, drove the GR kind of fast the other day, and I wasn't as sharp, so I probably need to. <laughs> I actually, to when I, I took, um, I took Kevin to, um, to a wrestling show in Indiana a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah. somebody like somebody like coming onto the expressway just like cut me off in like an unexpected way. Or like I was going to like go around them assuming that they would maintain their speed, but they like everybody in front of them stopped. Um, so I had to like make a quick, make a quick maneuver, but I actually like, 
I did it in like a very controlled way. And I was like, I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry I did that. And he's like, I'm actually like kind of impressed. And it's like, well, you know, I like <laughs> spend most of my time in, in the, in the car simulator, like practicing wrecking. <laughs> so I'm like getting really good at <laughs> knowing what I'm about to wreck and twisting the wheel. So, so that's good. Yeah. It's good to see it pay off. Yeah, I guess I've been uh, I've been driving the Miata more, so like the rear, you know, switching back and forth between all wheel drive and rear wheel drive is always a little bit a little bit uh, takes some st- takes some adjustment. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, what are you even doing? It's not selling your car. No, <laughs> riding a bike. No, no, I um, no, I I um, I did some. Uh, some new dyes, um, and uh, my friend Emma, our, our good friend, had a uh, had an art fair, art market at her in her yard in Humboldt Park. So Saturday we we sold some Ooh. sold some art. So that was fun. We had uh, my friend Julia was there selling resinware. Um, our friend uh, Rachel was there selling their uh, zines that they've done. Uh, so we need to catch up with them sometime soon. And talk about uh, fun ideas for zine stuff. Um, mm, the that's uh, cool. um, Emma was selling paintings and artwork. Um, really nice "Eat, Pray, Love" banner set of Chicago dogs, Malort, and other Chicago iconography. Um, what else? And then um, the neighbor Andy was selling his art, uh, paintings, drawings, things like that. So, so yeah, it was a good time. Uh, sold some stuff. I did. Um, I did some low water immersion dyeing for the first time. I hadn't mm. done that before. So instead of like uh, mixing your dye up and applying it in a very um, structured way, you sort of just put everything into a container. So I just stuffed a bunch of shirts into a cooler <laughs> and you just kind of pour the dye over the top and let it sit in there for a while. And then you fix it. And so it has this kind of uh, way that the the pressure of it being squeezed together, like, kind of inhibits the way the dye flows so you get a nice mm-hmm. kind of crunchy crispy look so did some of those on some old vintage motorcycle shirts uh which was fun so we did that claire and i have been raising uh caterpillars so claire has like 90 eastern black swallowtail caterpillars um yeah it's that's- getting out of hand it's getting out of hand. Um, <laughs> the the thing that worked well last year was that the parsley just like went to seed and just was growing everywhere. Like the entire garden bed was parsley, um, which is a great food stock for them. Um, right, right. Parsley is like the chicken breast of uh, caterpillars who lift weights, and um, dill is uh, the dill is just not hardy. It doesn't last as long. So they just destroy it. But Mm -hmm. so she's losing her mind doing that. Um, and then I've got four monarch caterpillars, which is exciting. We haven't been able to, uh, we haven't had any luck with monarch husbandry yet. So I think this is our year. So I got four of them going and then I got two more eggs yesterday off the milkweed. So we were rocking and rolling. If anybody wants caterpillars we will uh in chicago we will gladly donate you some swallowtail caterpillars we are at our uh no no (laughs) vacant no more vacancy at the inn um or if you want any milkweed um we've got milkweed seeds and stuff like that i'm gonna go and start just trying to throw it like in the alley just throw milkweed and stuff in there uh, just to try to spread it everywhere i mean the we're not seeing many monarchs uh which sucks um, they probably need it more than the swallowtails need help, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. been doing that. We've been hanging out in the yard, watching them fly. There's, um, 
a Red Admiral butterfly who stops by. There are some question mark butterflies that that uh, check out the hops and apparently use that as a house plant. And then oh, um, oh and then there's this big fucking eastern um, eastern tiger swallowtail. He's fucking huge. He's like the size of a bird. Um, and he's like, he's my white whale. I just like want a good look at him because he like he comes in the yard and then he immediately leaves. And uh, when when he comes by, I like want to tell Claire about him and make Claire look at him. But I like just become nonverbal and just kind of grunt and point and scream. <laughs> and she's like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "The fucking big ass fucking butterfly just flew over the house." But I'd like to get a good look at that guy. He looks fucking sick. So uh, so yeah, we're yeah. doing that, and I, I think that. Um, Good buddy Doke is in town, so I think we're gonna go to the lake this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. I think we're going to dinner at Le Bouchon, uh, and then I don't mm. know what we're gonna cook. We're cooking here on Saturday, so I guess that means I have to fucking clean the house. Um, so that'll be good. So I gotta find gotta yeah. find Neil Young on YouTube so I can listen to some Neil Young and clean the house. And uh, I am back in the saddle in sim racing, trying to get my shit back together. Um, I got just so broken brained about it that I would, I would do it and drive, but just like really suck and was not breaking well or turning well. So I'm going into a set Corsa and, uh, just doing like Nürburgring laps, just trying to drive clean and get my shit back together. So I'll probably be streaming some streaming, some nights Ooh. coming up, just doing that. Uh, maybe do some die streams just to get myself back going. Fortunately, I think I need yeah. to start hitting the, hitting the one hitter more to just <laughs> relax and enjoy those things a little bit, but we're working on it. The old fish whistle. The old fish and whistle. The old fish and whistle. <laughs> I'd like to go fishing this summer too. I need to, I need to get that figured yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, and then before we forget, we like always forget to mention this. Um, so before we get to your oh, interview yeah. with Jake, um, join the discord. If you, if you want to talk with mm. hobby folks, um, Hayden's been leading weekly uh, happy hours in there, so it's just whoever's around on Friday or Saturday nights comes in, shoot the shit, catch up on stuff. It's not just hobby stuff. It's just hanging out. So if you want some company, you want some camaraderie, feel free to join for that. Um, come on in the Discord. Um, lots of car talk. Uh, we've got a bunch of talk about uh, rock climbing and outdoors stuff, gardening, cooking. Uh, there's a Ooh. bunch of people in there sharing a bunch of stuff. It's don't worry about that your hobby is you're an expert at or anything like that. If there's stuff you want to know about, or if you just want to hang out, just come and join um, and hang out. We'd love to have you. And uh, if there's anything that you think you would like to write about or contribute about as we kind of work toward mm -hmm. um, turning this from a podcast into a website, um, let us know. We'd love to, to take your writing. We've been doing, uh, we did the first session of a writing workshop in the discord um so that was a lot of fun to get together and share writing and feedback and think about that and start building a backlog of content that might go up on this site so exciting stuff trying to move forward uh come and join and hang out and uh yeah um yeah. i gotta i gotta go i gotta go i can't be here for oh this. right 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 all right. Well, uh, well, yeah. I will uh, continue with uh, an interview with our friend Jake about motorsports. We're uh, going to talk a little bit of him organizing the car club and uh, racing a BMW. So let's uh, let's get to that. Bye. I gotta go. My mom needs the computer. Hey, and
Jake Tevis of Out Motorsports. Uh, Jake, how's it going? Good. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks, but I'm glad to carve out a little time to come chat. Hell yeah. You want to tell everybody maybe a little bit about how they might know you or how you know they can find you, I guess, kind of, if they don't know you already? Yeah, yeah. So I run this, uh, this group for LGBT car enthusiasts called Out Motorsports. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and our own .com website because we host events. So a lot of my busy things have been related to driving cars, filming cars, writing about cars, planning of car events, uh, seeing cars that aren't released yet, teasing people about those, <laughs> just all sorts of stuff. <laughs> have to drop that. Have to drop that in. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, no, Out is uh, is great. Uh, I go to a lot of the events. Uh, Jake has really built uh, something very cool over there, uh, filled with people who have a genuine love or uh, some stuff that maybe has gone unloved. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If you if you can be an enthusiast about any sort of vehicle uh, or automotive shenanigans, not even related to a specific vehicle, uh, someone else in that group will share that enthusiasm. So it's been fun. It's not just sports cars. Yeah, I, uh, through it, uh, have started a demented idea to uh, put some sort of Buick engine in my CRX, uh, after meeting uh, Matt Marshall, it mm -hmm. kind of has inspired me to go in that dark GM world like that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, that's like, that's not even something that would have crossed my mind, but if, if he made it cross yours, then more power to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just the kind of sicko that, uh, that I guess is attracted to the out motorsports scene. Um, exactly. Which, you know, it's such a great thing to have kind of put together. Um, that's not all you do, though. You you also have even more car shenanigans that you kind of do outside the group. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I also have a weekend racing hobby with NASA, the National Autosport Association. Um, that's what kind of birthed some of the out motorsports stuff, I guess, um, was just being in the motorsports world mm -hmm. in general for a long time and realizing, like, hey, there are queer people around and no one who's doing this thinks that there's other people like them. So let's, let's get them together. But, um, yeah, I, I race as well. Um, when my car is functional, which it currently sort of is. <laughs> yes. You are also in the, uh, the throne rod club currently. Uh, well, we fixed the throne rod bit. Oh um, yeah. Right. So right. got a new motor in the car. And this is, um, for those who don't know what I'm, I'm competing in. It's a 1995 BMW 325i. Uh, that's a spec car. So all the cars are the same. Um, and these are motors that are known for being reliable and it, uh, something happened. This was a race car for like 11 or 12 years. And then, um, spat a rod through the block a couple months ago. So got a new motor installed and then something is up with the transmission or the clutch as far as like it won't release um, and and mm. fully let you change gear. So back at the shop, they're figuring it out. Yeah. So uh, how did you how did you kind of start on the motorsports thing? I know that that's um, you know a world that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast. But you know, honestly, until I bought my Miata, I didn't really realize that just everyday people did wheel to wheel racing, which is what. If you don't know what Jake is competing in, is like literally, you know, NASCAR type passing other people on a track and 
uh, you know, that kind of exciting stuff. So, like, how did you kind of fall into that? Yeah, so, I mean, I I was um, always into cars as a little kid. And when I got to college, I had gone to college and I was in the marching band. I was big into fine arts stuff, mm-hmm. like all in middle school and high school. Yes. I did the marching band. I was like, this is too intense. These people are, are into this way more than I am. I, I don't want to do this. So I went to, like, our clubs and orgs fair. And um, there was this group, and they had a racing helmet and a trifold board, as everyone did back then, of uh, pictures of cars, <laughs> you know, on track and autocrossing and go-karting and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, what's this all about? Tell me. And it was just a very nice group of people. And uh, mm-hmm. they're like, you don't even have to have a car. Um, you can come work events at the racetrack and make some money. And when you're 18, 19, making 200 bucks a weekend and getting free hotel, free food, free beer pretty sweet deal so <laughs> very i said yes and i went and uh i just kind of got hooked and then it just snowballed you know like mm-hmm. everyone at the track was very encouraging of oh once you have the money and your car is prepared and that a miata at the time once you have a roll bar and, and you've got the mm-hmm. money for it you should come do high performance driver education and like go through the driving schools and then i did that and then mm-hmm. oh well you should go do time trials and like get a little competitive and then oh you should get your racing license you're pretty good and here we are. <laughs> it's been a, been a while. Yeah. Yeah. That is something really, really great um, that you found so much encouragement in that scene because I know it can be difficult, which obviously, you know, kind of led to <clears throat> your creation of the group that you have. Um, so, like, how, you know, it, 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 how have you felt about, like, getting community from, from the, you know, the car scene? Um, I mean, it's generally been really good. You know, like overall, mm-hmm. um, most people are at least on the surface very friendly and welcoming, and you know, cars with a great equalizer and all that. Um, mm-hmm. It's been interesting in more recent years where some people, you know, as different uh, topics of discussion have bubbled up, um, however fairly or not, yeah. uh, some people in the overall racing scene, you know, the club racing scene, have been. You know, people who you think would be, I don't want to say bigoted, but kind of not curious, I guess. Some of those people have been the biggest surprises mm-hmm. where they've, they've come to me and said, hey, like, can you help me learn so I'm not speaking out of turn or, or whatever? And those have been some really, really fantastic mm-hmm. conversations. And, like, I've been willing to have them with those people. Uh, there's also been some other people who have really let me down who have, uh, I thought, you know, started off as really, like, decent people and allies and instead of, uh, leaning in and trying to learn and better themselves as everyone could stand to do, um, they've kind of doubled down on like willful ignorance and like deliberate uh, meanness, if you will. But it's not been targeted at any one mm-hmm. group of people. It's just been like, you're probably not a fit for this organization. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of stopped coming around. Yeah, maybe you should describe the car that you drive before. We, I guess we get too far in this. It might give some context to yeah, people so, about like why maybe this would. Well, so it's an interesting group because um, these events through, you know, NASA does them, SCCA does them, um, Grid Life, Porsche Club, BMW Club, like everyone does these same sorts of events, and they're, uh, you know, they rent a racetrack. Mm-hmm what I'm doing now is wheel to wheel racing. So it's a car that is not street legal. The whole interior is gone. It's got a, you know, a whole roll cage welded in special seat, six point harness, fire system, all, like all this stuff. 
it is a full-on race car race car then there are a bunch of people who are bringing their street cars out so they might you know drive a um a miata a brz a, a bmw and they want to just come learn to drive better and they are coming out in a full street car with interior and air conditioning all this stuff and uh when you're new to all of this, you start off with an instructor riding with you. So we have people of all different skill levels driving their streetcars. We have instructors helping them learn to get better um, and progressing them up mm-hmm. through the levels. And then we have people doing true competition. And it, you know, these events are huge, right. and the the environment in the paddock is very welcoming. Um, you will find people who you click with, but you know, when you're in an environment of 350 people there are going to be some people who you don't click with Mm -hmm. and like that's okay yeah well i was kind of referring to more what your car looks like on the outside got it (laughs) so okay well so now now (laughs) we've talked about what the paddock looks like and who's there uh so my car is uh 1970s porsche magenta which is the hottest of hot pink (laughs) um and then it's got the out motorsports logo all over it which is a big rainbow um And then down the side, it's got like the progress pride flag colors. It's got like the trans flag and black and brown for, you know, other marginalized communities, I guess you would say. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is very much a rolling uh, advertisement for, (laughs) you know, everyone's welcome. Don't treat people like shit. I don't know. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've had, you know, I've had similar experiences where, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag, like you're saying, but even that is, I don't want to say bold because it's, you know, like you're saying, like a lot of people are fine with it, but there's also just kind of, I kind of feel like sometimes a general vibe of like, oh, this is a place only for cars. And that comes across in a lot of different ways in, you know, in sometimes people just that's all they really want to talk about um right. and it's hard to connect with them because you're like well i want to i want to like you know get to know you um but <clears throat> you know then the kind of the other thing you know that i'm kind of getting at is you know a lot of people they might be accepting or on a on some kind of level but they'll kind of be you know maybe oh this isn't the time to make a statement like that this isn't this isn't the place to be putting your beliefs out there like that so right um but you know i'm glad that it has led to those kind of conversations like you're saying well yeah and it's you know it's one of those things where you're you're spending when you count load in time on thursday night or friday night and then you know time in the paddock chatting in the evenings and all that you're spending whole days with these people and you're going to make friends and, and make community and and i think this is important no matter where you are um, when, when people are like, mm-hmm. oh, keep it to just the cars, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear about your sexuality. Okay. But if we're doing that, you don't get to talk as a straight man about your wife, your daughter, um, you know, oh, right. your wife is pregnant. Like you don't get to talk about going on a date. You, you know, you don't get to talk about this movie that you saw that had, uh, straight themes in it. You don't get to play music that talks about meeting a girl. Like, if we're going to play that game, we're going to play it both ways. Yeah. And when you bring that sort of thing up, it gets people real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so is that kind of, you know, what led to like you kind of, you know, giving back to the community and trying to, I guess, have that kind of mentality of like, I want to leave the thing that I love in a better place. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, I wanted to just in general leave the world a better place than I found it, which I think, you know, a lot of people want to do in a lot of ways. Um, and then I also, when I was newer, fresh out of school, moved back up to the D.C. area, but like was trying to play in D.C. proper and meet people and kind of build my community of, of friends. Mm -hmm. There's all these social sports leagues. Um, and then there's a subset that's Stonewall, which is like the LGBT kickball, yeah. flag football, whatever. Um, and I tried some of that and I didn't really meet people that were totally my people. Uh, they were good people, but, um, you know, not entirely my folks. And I just sort of figured why can't I have like gays and cars and, and mesh those two things. Let's just give mm -hmm. it a shot. And I couldn't find any group that was doing that. So I decided to make it <laughs> there. So like. Would you say that's, like, what you kind of get from your hobbies the most? Is it's just, like, I mean, obviously racing cars is, like, some of the most fun you can ever have. But, like, I mean, it's it sounds, you keep bringing up, like, how much you get, like, just social bonds from, from doing stuff that you like. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things, like, I think adults are kind of actively discouraged by society and, and, you know, norms and whatever, we're discouraged from having fun, just in general. So my goal is to just have fun as much as I can with my own life, and if I can facilitate that for others, then so much the better, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. But it's interesting because the racing on its own was, was and has always been and will always be very fun. Like, I like the competition element and all that, but when you add in mm -hmm. the people who are like you element, it's a whole different type of fun. And like one's not better than the other. It's just nice to have both. Yeah, no, exactly. And it it's so much better to have kind of a different variety of people in it because it also then brings in people more that maybe wouldn't have been interested in it before because mm -hmm. you know like i always say uh you know sarah my wife you know she she's was very intimidated by kind of the groups of people around cars because well she likes to look at them and you know she likes to drive them she just kind of doesn't have that passion to know like what a 3800 buick engine is and that's totally fine, but she loves to come to your events because, you know, it's just a different vibe and she gets to now drive on the track, which she really enjoys and gets to drive on the dragon. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it it's so how do you feel, I guess, about like now part of your hobby is like kind of running this whole thing? Like, I mean, you're you like you're saying, um, you know, you've been organizing all these events and, uh, you know, you run the blog and you get to review cars for it. And, you know, you're just kind of like you've kind of taken your hobby and now it's uh, got a little bit of a job element to it. Yeah. And it's um, it's interesting because like there's that quote that kind of floats around the Internet of like, you know, if you if you enjoy what you'll do, you, you never work a day in your life. And that is patently false. I work all the time. But I love what I'm doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, Absolutely. the thing is, if I wasn't having fun doing this stuff, like, this is a lot of work. And I have a day job. You know, I'm expected to work 40 or so hours right. a week for them. And, uh, you know, I manage teams of people. Like, it's a lot of work. And 
uh, I do all this on top of that. And if this was not fun and not worth it, I would stop tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would love to transition over to just doing this full time because it's what I'm really passionate about and I'm having right. a blast. Um, that said, I think there is, you know, there's an element to it where when I'm running my own event, I have a different kind of fun versus attending someone else's event where I can kick back and relax a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So so you still get, you know, a lot of that is what you're saying. You can kind of separate the two. Yeah. And just kind of separate partitions yeah. of the hobby. Yeah, like when I'm at, when I'm at the racetrack attending a, a NASA race weekend, that is my time. I'm... I'm there, I'm not Mm -hmm. producing content, I'm not running anything, I'm just, it's me in the car and, you know, my buddies who are there. And when, you know, like when we were at Pride of the Dragon, um, you know, that was, I was Mm -hmm. helping with that. I helped in little spots, but that was not my event. I didn't help the week or two leading up. It's it's just a much different approach. So you're mentioning, you know, shooting content and stuff. Like, uh, you know, was that something you had to pick up? Like how much of the as you got more into the car journalism, like how did that kind of come out? Uh, did, you, did you go into it thinking you were gonna be doing these reviews and making these videos and stuff or that kind of just arise naturally? It, it sort of came out of, it came out of a few things. So initially this was started as kind of a community building thing. And then I got brought in by a friend of mine to the local automotive press association because me and a friend who helped start everything we were both writing about our escapades, doing stuff at the racetrack and autocross and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You should meet. You should meet some people. You're producing content. <clears throat> this is this is good." And then at some events, I met PR reps for a few automakers, and we just started talking. And I started getting emails of you know weekly of here's what other people are creating for content, and I'm seeing these auto reviews. And this is a very I'm going to come across as very high on myself here, but um, <laughs> I was reading what other people were doing and it's like, well, I think I can do that better. Like I like to write. I've been told I'm good at it. I like to take pictures. Um, yeah. Why don't I try? So I, I pitched mm-hmm. Toyota really, really hard on a loan and I got a Tundra that I took to Hyperfest, um, which if anyone's on the East coast, <laughs> it's at VIR. It's tremendous fun. You should come next May. Um, but that was May of 2019, and I realized that I liked doing mm-hmm. it, and I did have a background in some of it. I have a degree in media arts and design, um, so I took classes that focused on a mix of corporate communications, journalism, photography, videography, like live reporting. Okay. I took a whole class on live reporting where they would feed news in your ear while you were delivering live to camera. And like, all right, <laughs> I was doing software development before starting all this, like, you know, uh-huh. managing product development teams. So I wasn't using any of those skills. Yeah. And they, so it took a bit to pick them back up. But like, I did actually train for this in a sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's always kind of nice. You know, I mean, I obviously use my degree, but I do have another one that I never use. And it would be nice to kind of get to do some hobbyist level my case linguistics but uh-huh. you know uh it that is that is nice to kind of get to because i know you know like a lot of people go to school and they learn something and they spend a lot of time and get a lot of passion about it and then they never get to do it like my friend lauren 
makes she went to I think some kind of similar program she did some mm-hmm. kind of media arts and you know she makes these rotating sandwich videos now she buys a sandwich and then puts it on a pet on a little platter and spins it around and sets it to music and stuff uh-huh. and it just kind of started because she was like I want to I just want to film something and you know get, use these skills again so well and it's interesting because it's like it's a nice creative outlet where yeah. you know my yeah. day job does not have me doing like I like what I do for my day job too but it's not especially mm-hmm. creative so this is like where that part of my brain gets to go that even yeah that I had never really kind of thought about it like that that does get to kind of be uh, you know you're that's you know everybody really kind of wants to have a creative hobby I think or at least most people I know yeah um and it's nice because I mean you get you get to shoot nice I mean when we shot that video together I couldn't believe like I I was like oh I never would have thought this is how you do it basically <laughs> um and like you know the kind of shots that you were creating and stuff it does seem really rewarding to kind of get to build those skills yeah yeah it's fun and you know I, like looking back at my first videos there was one night maybe a year ago I was like on the couch and I just like scrolled to the very bottom of my YouTube channel which I would not recommend doing for mm-hmm. anyone who's doing this or trying to grow something um <laughs> oh my god yeah. some of these were so bad and I still feel like I there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I really whiffed that or I didn't say everything I wanted to or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, it's so much better. So it, it takes time, but it is fun to um, to do. And like today I was um, I was at an event seeing three special editions of vehicles that I really can't say much about otherwise. But um, they gave each of us that they invited an hour with the cars <laughs> in a room. And they're like, no plans. Mm-hmm. It's just you. Tell us where you want them placed and we'll move them. Have at okay. it. And that was like the ultimate blank canvas. Of like, oh, what do I want to do for these? Like, do I make mm-hmm. three different videos? Do I make one video? Yeah. Which do I start with? Where do I want them? Like, it, it, that was really cool. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be really humbling because I'll, I know who else was there before me. And I'm going to go see what they did yeah. and probably feel like my video wasn't very good compared to theirs. But like we're all there with different ideas doing different stuff yeah yeah no i think that that's what's so kind of interesting about what you do is is they like obviously the car reviews for the most part aren't really you know i guess you could say lgbt focused or anything it's not like you're reviewing them to be like oh this is the perfect car for a gay gay man or you know (laughs) what i mean but it it is it is a different like the way that you approach it it is just like refreshing sometimes to like i'll send your videos to a lot of my friends because you just get into it from a perspective that maybe they kind of really that's really what they want to hear about the car you know if they're looking for a car and stuff like that because some some of the you know the videos that people make are just like highly technical or you know they they just focus on other stuff so it's it is you know it definitely is a challenge to try and find like what your unique voice on something that can be so mundane is. Right. Well, and thank you for sharing them. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, it's interesting. Cause I, um, I very much try to cater more toward the enthusiast in that I, I am not going to mm-hmm. sit there and talk about how many cup holders something has or explain all of the tech in a car yeah. because mm-hmm. there are enough other people doing that that I don't think I need to add my voice yeah. 
So why not explain mm -hmm. from the enthusiast perspective to an enthusiast? And then also, even if you're not really like a driving enthusiast, it's nice to explain, okay, mm -hmm. you know, this car has a limited slip differential and all wheel drive. Why does that matter versus something that doesn't have right, differential? Right. Like, you don't have to be an enthusiast to have that matter in how this fits your your driving need. Mm -hmm. Like, like that, that is a good point. Like, you do bring up a lot of, like, okay, like, this is what makes a car feel this way, and this is how it feels to me to drive it. And, you know, you'll use the technical language, you know, that people like, you know, me or someone else understands, but also... The conveying the feelings that the car gives you, you know, is mm -hmm. is helpful to to lesser uh, less enthusiastic people, I guess, or people trying to learn, or you know, stuff like that. So, right. Um, but yeah, um, I guess you know, as we're kind of getting to the wrap up here, uh, I guess we should, I guess, kind of end it on, uh, you know, what are your what are your goals going forward for all of this stuff, the racing, out motorsports, like where. Where are you trying to take this? So, so the racing, it's interesting. I, I'm in a new class doing the spec racing. Um, so this is my okay. first full year, I guess, doing it or second, no, second full year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really, I'm just trying to have fun and get a little more competitive, place higher. I'm, I place fairly well as it is, but I'd like to be doing even better. Um, and then I've got some mm -hmm. other racing-related stuff that's kind of on the back burner that I'm working on that I, I don't want to get too into yet, but I think things could go in a pretty cool way. <laughs> uh, and then with the rest yeah. of it, you know, planning events, running events, driving cars and talking about them. And, you know, the ultimate goal is to make this my full-time thing. So mm -hmm. really sitting down and getting more strategic month over month, year over year and, and figuring out how to make that happen. Cause you know, yeah. none of this happens by chance. Um, it's all, despite this being a ton mm -hmm. of fun and super, super meaningful, this is a business at the end of the day. And like, I have to treat it like that or mm -hmm. it won't grow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it is, it, it, it is wild how even just from, I think I joined a little over a year ago. Um, and even just our discord that we're in, uh, I mean, it's so huge compared to what it used to be. It used mm -hmm. to be like five people. And now it's like, you know, a hundred or so. Yeah. 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 There's, it, you can't even keep up with everything going on in there anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hard if you end up, uh, you know, away from your phone or your laptop for like 15 minutes to catch up. And if you're gone for several days, you just mark everything as red and ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, so I guess, I think you kind of mentioned it, but, you know, where can everybody find you? So, um, you know, outmotorsports.com for all the events and reviews and things, um, and then mm -hmm. review videos are on YouTube, um, Outmotorsports, of course, that's our name everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've got a Facebook channel for people who are still over there, and uh, until it implodes, we're on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are Zoom calls every month where mm -hmm. people get on and make a little presentation. Yeah, we do a, a Zoom call monthly. We we pick a topic and talk through, uh, you know, like last night was like, what's your favorite weird feature or unique feature of a car? And it just gets people talking. And then you end up going off topic and all that. 
No way. I can't believe that group would, would yeah, get off yeah, topic. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it is a blast. Definitely check out the events calendar. It's starting to get a little bit less uh, East Coast only. But mm-hmm. if you're on the East Coast, there are a lot more of those. Um, I cannot recommend enough just taking your car if you have one. It doesn't even have to be fancy and yep. just showing up with uh, it's it's the cheapest way honestly to get on the track for the most part it's full of super supportive people that want to see you have a good time and uh, and uh, yeah I just cannot recommend it enough it has been, it's been such like a blessing in my life honestly to get to go to those so well I'm, I, uh, I'm happy to hear it I really appreciate you yeah well thank you I uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been no. fun doing it it's been fun growing and you know the the first event was like my friends and the best part now is every time you look at the registration mm-hmm. list and it's like there's people I don't know and then next time there's more people I don't know yeah, it's, it's, it's just so fun so I'm, I'm happy here it's been good and yeah we're going to be doing stuff not just east coast uh, moving forward so we've got something uh, kind of between Detroit and Chicago at a racetrack there at Gingerman Raceway um, in October and we're going to do a, mm-hmm. a street drive um, in early mid-November uh, in LA so kind of around the auto show. So, oh, yeah. If anyone's okay. if anyone's out Very there cool. on the West Coast, uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Jake. Yeah. And uh, we will see you guys. See you guys next time. Bye bye.